Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of The Homer and The Hater Show. And if you've listened to this show, you know that my guest, Brian Anthony Davis is the homer, and yours truly, Lance Williams, is the hater. What's up, bad? How are you doing on this Sunday? Just uh, rocking the Casbah here in Maryland and uh, enjoying another Sunday. Glad to be breathing. Ain't that the truth, uh, given that everything that's going around. Let me take a deep breath. If you can't see me in podcast world i took a deep breath i took what bad said to the heart and took a deep breath trying times out here like roberta flack would say but you know we're doing our best and we're going to absolutely bring you programming and on this episode of the homer and the hater let me give you the topic before i give my shout outs the topic is and it's one that i kind of talked about on yeah i said it on friday but we're going to tease it out a little bit more, and I wanted to get Bad's perspective on this. It's will ads totally replace Steeler fans in 2020? But before we jump into that, let me give a big shout out to the Oracle of the program, of the website, of the entire world itself, Dave Schofield, because Dave knows all things. Big up to Dave. Big up to you, Bad. Brian Anthony Davis. What's your title? Podcast extraordinaire, director, manager, puppeteer. <laughs> it's uh this week, it's podcast director, I believe. <laughs> okay. Well, we know you on this show as Bad Schleister. <laughs> Bad Schleister, yeah. You are Bad Schleister, aka Mr. 2 AM, aka Bad, aka all knowing of all trivia of all things, particularly 
what number one hits on any day at any time, right? That's 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 your sweet spot, bad. Number one hits of the 1980s. I could give any you could give me any date, and I could tell you on this date what number one, what the number one song was on a Billboard, and because you know I'm a big Casey Kasem fan, and let me give a shout out to next week, July 4th is the 50th anniversary of the very first American Top 40 and the very first number one song, which was by Three Dog Night, Mama Told Me Not to Come, written by Randy Newman, who had a big hit with I Love L.A. I love L.A. And I know that song really well because I'm a Laker fan, and they played that song every time the Lakers won championships in the 80s, and they're going to play it this year when they win a championship, the 17th, when LeBron James brings another ring to Los Angeles. But that's another story. Also want to give a big shout-out to Tony D and Mike B, our Beastie Boys, Tony D and Mike B, the Beastie Boys of Behind the Steel Curtain. And big up to Mike, man, for getting that interview with Zach Banner. If you have not heard that interview with Zach Banner, you guys did a fantastic job. He was hilarious. You guys were hilarious. That's a great interview. You guys got to check out that interview. Yeah, he gave you some run too with the. Uh, that was great. He was, yeah. he was having a lot of fun with you. Uh, I had brought up. I had brought up uh, your comment, and I didn't realize he was just going to stop. <laughs> and read the yeah. yes, he said. <laughs> he said four twenty. I was like, oh man, he's killing us. He's <laughs> he's killing us with free love and four twenty. Well. We didn't beat USC for like a decade. We being Cal, University of California, Berkeley, of which I am an alum. I'm a proud alum, Cal football. I root for it. I support it the whole nine yards. I actually met Jared Goff years ago when I was trying to do my little booster thing. I met him back in the day. So, yes, he 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 disrespected Cal football, but he goes to USC, and they have beaten us enough that he can, but definitely – Check out that interview. And last but not least, big shout out to Big Bro Sco, the only guy on the network and on the platform that can smack Dave up and get away with it. <laughs> big Bro can smack Dave up, although he's, you know, Dave is bigger than Big Bro, but Big Bro is Big Bro. And when you're Big Bro, you're always Big Bro. But let's jump into the main topic of the program, and that's will ads totally replace Steeler fans at Heinz Field in 2020. And what I talked about on Friday's show was the NFL seems to be going the route of English Premier League soccer. If you are a Premier League soccer fan, what you will notice is they don't have fans in the stands and they have turned the real estate inside of the arena into advertisements so they have a few seats here or there so they have the players socially distanced they have the coaches socially distanced and and all the other real estate all of the seats inside of the arena have been set up for ads so when the camera is panning around the stadium and you can see me on youtube i'm doing a panning i'm trying to pan around like a circle you see ads everywhere and so what they have done is They've monetized that space to mitigate some of the losses for not having fans in the stands. So what English Premier Football, what they've done, and big up to Nathaniel Zarate, who was a 
Wolfhampton Wolves fan. Big up to you. I am a Man City fan because I come from Manchester, neighborhood in Pittsburgh. I'm a Man City fan. West Ham. Oh, you're a West Ham guy. Well, you know, you guys are what you are. You know, <laughs> not very good, but yeah, you know, you are what you are. It's 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 entertaining. You know, you if you like that sort of thing. Um, so, in my opinion, because of this creative strategy, and so what it does to me when you look at putting ads in the stands, it does two things. It mitigates some of your revenue loss. And what I talked about on the show Friday was for a team like the Dallas Cowboys, whose 65% of their revenue is generated from the stadium. It mitigates some of that. And as well, from a public, from a public perception standpoint, you look socially responsible because you are not encouraging fans, whether they're making the choice to come or not to come and put their health at risk and not be socially distanced and not have masks and you don't do all that rigmarole and fight about that. So you come off as being socially responsible and you can mitigate some of your losses. To me, this is the perfect scenario for the National Football League. We saw them talk about, what was it, what is it, bad? The first 10 rows they're going to block out for advertisements? I'm thinking eight of what, uh, if I believe to have read eight correctly, that's what it's going to be. But so they might be off by a couple, the premium seats. So they're starting with eight premium seats, right? So with that being said, I, I think where this positions the National Football League is as the pandemic shifts and morphs and changes and different things change every day and it starts to look different is that the NFL can use this creative solution to either have fans or limit fans and still recoup some of the revenue that they would lose if fans were in stands. And dare I say, the amount that they would lose from fans in the stands might not be as much because they know how much you're going to probably spend when you go to a game. And I'm sure they will factor that in if they were to, say, cover 10 seats and put an ad there, that they're going to charge some business and make up all of that loss of those 10 seats. So what do you think, Bad, about this solution of the eight to 10 rows covered and the flexibility that that gives the National Football League either to have fans in the stands or not have fans in the stands? Well, it's a start. And the reason that I'm, you know, I'm all over this and I love it because, you know, we still don't know where there's going to be fans, where there aren't going to be fans. If there are going to be fans, how far apart will they be? You know, you just don't know what the plan is for that. And when I look at the state of Florida, you know, that's three NFL venues there. They're a mess right now. California. I know California. What are we looking at? Three more or three more, four more. Well, the Raiders left. So um, you still got two teams in L.A. and you got we're looking at three. Uh, So that's one stadium. uh, That's two stadiums and over three teams. So, yeah, you know, you can't really you really can't really begin to think about putting fans in those stands in those states right now it's pretty tough to think about and you know even you know 
well, New York doesn't really have a team, but New Jersey does. Those teams play in one stadium in New Jersey, but in that New York metro market. So you really need to replace that because there's a lot at stake here. What's at stake? The salary cap's definitely at stake. The teams definitely need to make money. That's, I mean, you know, I know they have a lot, but you take one season of revenue away and that could be a killer, especially for some smaller market teams. Could definitely be a killer. You mentioned Dallas. Yeah, I mean, they could probably... They, they they could probably uh, not miss as much as a team like the Steelers or Jacksonville would or or teams like that. So there's so many things to think about. But when you think about how much big Fortune 500 companies, big companies pay for a Super Bowl ad for one 30-second commercial, look what they're getting. They're getting so much more. They're getting a three-hour, or actually, because there's going to be less commercial breaks. Well, there's going to be more commercial breaks, but they're getting probably about a two-hour commercial because if you see flow from Progressive at the 50-yard line, a giant picture of her giant head, then you're going to be you're going to be able to see that for the entire ball game. So that's huge, and you almost wonder if they might green screen it or do something where they could rotate ads, that could be a possibility that they could do. Yeah. I did. I didn't think of that. I mean, Ezra says, and let me pop it up here. Ezra says, I don't want revenue to determine my seventh. We have to start the season, even if it's without fans. And to Ezra's point, what we're talking about is by selling the real estate inside of the arena or the stadium, you can start without fans and mitigate your losses. Like that's the perfect scenario. And that's the danger. I think for Dave, who's a season ticket holder and for other people that are season ticket holders, that if they feel it's too hard to manage the public health aspect and they have this other option to mitigate some of their losses in revenue, you know what they're going to do bad. They're going to take the they're they're going to put ads in the stands, tell you to stay home. They're going to use, let's say, Dave's money that he's put up for tickets in 2020. They're going to ask him if he wants to keep his seats. They'll kick that to 2021. If you don't want your seats, they'll sell your seats for 2021 to somebody who's been sitting in line since 1969 trying to get seats to season tickets to, to the Steelers, somebody will buy those in 10 seconds and wait a year to go because they already rate, they already waited 50 years to get the tickets. They're not going to lose. And when I did a spreadsheet and somebody can correct me in the live chat, um, they haven't, they won't lose any money. They just won't profit as much. So when I had a I had a chart, and I think I have it, and you are right, Javen. Sorry if I mispronounced it. Is mitigate? Um, it's just the amount that they will make, how much they will profit. No team will take a loss without stadium revenue. They just won't make as much revenue because the TV contract portion of it pretty much covers all the operating expenses. Now, some of these teams are pretty thin, like Green Bay is a, a team that's pretty thin. If you take out their stadium revenue, they only make about $7 million. Some of the teams are really, really thin. 
but the teams are going to be fine financially. I just think it's really scary for Dave and people that want to go to games if teams have this magical way of generating revenue without you being there. And you know, Lance, it's it's really hopefully just for one season. And yeah. if, if we've got to give that up, we we can give that up. You know, I'm involved in in the scouting organization, BSA. And I am involved with a uh, our council, our local council, probably one of the smallest in the US. They they generate a lot of revenue by summer camp, six weeks of summer camp, a quarter of their revenue. And they're worried about getting if they don't get this revenue, they're going to get swallowed up. So we're actually doing something that's called camp in a box. And it's a, it's a virtual summer camp. We're sending them the stuff. We're doing all the events on the computer. It's not the same. We're encouraging them to, you know, sleep out in a tent. It's not the same and it doesn't cost the same, but it recoups some of that money to help you keep going. And it's just really, the NFL or a small camp or whatever, whatever business you have, you have to be creative this year to try to figure out how you can do it. You know, in Maryland, when um, we're still not, we're still only 50% in restaurants and I'm not going inside a restaurant, um, but everybody's, I'm sure they're doing it out there too. If you can go to a restaurant where you can go, they're putting tents and they're putting tables outside. Because yeah. outdoor seating, you can have it. So yet, you have to do whatever you can to survive. You have to be creative with it. And the NFL is not going to go away because of this. But what's going to happen is they've just got to you know, keep it together for one year. So this is a fantastic idea because these big companies are going to pay advertise, advertising money. They've got it. They're going to do it. And they're going to charge them probably more than Super Bowl ads. Yeah, yes, yes. You know they are bad. You know they're going to charge them full boat for these ads because they they are going to try to absolutely get back every nickel that they think they're going to lose. Let, let's forget about the tarps for a second. You you don't think that uh, if you don't think that the uh, thirty second commercial is not going to go up in price because you're going to have higher ratings. Yes, absolutely. People absolutely not going to higher go. ratings. So. Yes. They're they're going to be able to see the game. So, you know, if you have to sacrifice fans in the stands, that's no problem. The big the bigger thing is what was brought up earlier. I'm not sure who said it, but you know, if you've got 12 people on a team that have the virus and you're spreading it inside the gridiron, that could be a problem. So that's the only thing that you're looking at here where it might be a problem. It's Rhino Tool. Right there. Thanks, Ryan. Um, it will be a mess if the season starts with two dozen on a team, get the virus, and they are Texas and Florida are a mess right now. Um, so you know, there you go. And those are that's five NFL teams right there. Five teams. Because I'm I mean, gonna tell games. you, bad if I'm an owner, let's say we're the owner of the Steelers. I I'm gonna say to you, say, look, <laughs> we love our fans, we love how the fans act with Renegade. Let, let, we're not going to have fans here. We just don't want to go through the level of logistics that it'll take for us to keep people safe. Not because necessarily we care. We just don't want to do it. 
we think it's economically not feasible for us to do this. We don't want to incur that responsibility. This is this is ever morphing and changing. We don't want to do this. This is too hard. We're putting up at we're putting up tarp everywhere. We're going to put ads everywhere. And what we're going to do also for all the season ticket holders that uh, we inconvenience. We're going to throw in a couple of jerseys for the first game. We're going to give you a couple of terrible towels. We'll give you a parking voucher and we'll give you a meal voucher for the opening game of the season. You'll get a couple of hot dogs, a couple of brews. You'll get a couple of Roethlisberger jerseys. You'll get free parking. We'll take a little hit on the first game. We'll try to make this better, but we know people are going to come back. But, you know, we're going to be nice anyway, but we're not managing this. We're just going to charge. We're going to charge Permanis premium price for an ad. And they'll pay to have Permani sandwich ad every 10 or 15 minutes, because what they'll do is they'll have a conversation. The league will have a conversation with NBC, CBS, all the TV partners to broadcast the game in a way where you can show all the ads. Because if they don't have fans in the stands bad, I think the NFL will use even more real estate and use everything to completely try to recapture all their money. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? I mean, do what you can because what's that hurting? Because the companies are going to pay that advertising money. They're going to line up to pay for that. Like I said, you have a giant, uh, you have a giant picture of, uh, the mayhem guy from Allstate up in the, uh, uh up in the end zone for two hours or two and a half hours. How, I mean, however long it's going to be and everybody's staring at it. That's yes. cr- th- that's a billboard inside the stadium for everybody to see at home the entire 60 minutes of the game and uh and breaks. I'll give you an even better way that they could do it bad. They could green screen everything and put video images on the green screen of the ads and rotate them and show even more ads in the stands and just do it like a complete TV show, green screen everything, put a zillion ads, pipe in crowd noise, lose no money. I I got to throw this out here, and this is funny because Javman says uh, Lance is trying to give fans more perks than the tickets face value, LOL. But I was going to add something to that. I actually think that if you have season tickets, you should get NFL Sunday ticket this year for free. How about that? You know, I mean, you should get access to those games. Um, so, you know, that's something they can do. I mean, there's going to be a lot of a lot of ways where they can make it right, but a lot of ways where they're going to make money. So yes. they're not going to be poor on this, but they they can't just leave it alone. Yes. You know, and for me, it's the salary cap that I'm worried about. And, and if they do this with the tarp idea, because if they don't have fans in stands, they're like like we're saying, they're going to green screen it, put tarp everywhere, sell ads. The hit to the salary cap won't be as significant, and everyone will still have their football, and everybody can be safe. Because the one thing we've seen that the National Football League will not do is they will not let some stadiums have fans and others not have fans. If there's no fans for one, there's no fans for any. And like you said, I 
I don't foresee California being at a point where they're going to have mass gatherings. I mean, given what's happened and, you know, I'm driving around every day and there are teenagers and young folks everywhere as if nothing um, is happening. But like to Mark Tobin's point, NFL Sunday tickets should be free. It'll be discounted. It won't be free. It'll be discounted. And, and, and right now, NFL Game Pass is free. If you want to go to NFL Game Pass, check out the show that me and Jeffrey Benedict did when we broke down Minka Fitzpatrick and his effect. You can go to Game Pass right now and you can binge Steeler football for the last five seasons. Right. And it's absolutely free. So Dave Schofield chimed in the Oracle. What's up, Dave? He said, uh, and I like how uh, Zach Banner uh, knocked Dave for the blocky uh, paint on the mask. I, I loved <laughs> yeah. it. Uh, hey, I real quick, be- before we get into that, happy anniversary to Dave and Mrs. Skull today. Nice. Yes, their nice. wedding anniversary. So uh, they're well, uh, let me give Dave a tip. If he listens to this podcast for another second on his anniversary, it may be his last anniversary. Well, you know what? I call Dave so much now over the last month. I, I swear she's in the background saying, who is that? Is that Jake from State Farm? You know, <laughs> I'm on all the time. Dave. And you're Mr. 2 a.m. And all these <laughs> other bad things. You're, you're, you're bad Schleister. So she doesn't want you influencing her Dave. So congratulations to the Schofields. Please, Dave, stop listening to the program and go figure out something to do in this trying time and celebrate your awesome wife and your nuptials. Please get off the show. But this this is this is interesting. And these guys are billionaires for a reason. And you had to know that they were going to figure out a way to recoup some of the losses that they might take. And um, they may not. And so Dave chimed in, bad, brought it back up. You guys talk about bars reclosing in Allegheny County because most cases and bad took it away again. Oh, sorry. Bad being bad because of uh, the ads. There we go. He said because most cases in their spike trace back to bars. Well, you know, I mean, I mean, there it is. I mean, you want to go get your Iron City and you might leave with something else. You might leave with an iron 19. Um, and so, you know, obviously people have to be responsible in terms of how they how they act. Um, but again, if you're a person that loves to go see games, because the NFL has found a creative way to mitigate some of their revenue loss, there is a good chance with these cases spiking across the country, you may not be in, in the stands. You know, th- th- there is a very good case because if you can make the money in an easy way, why not just make the money in an easy way? I mean, like you said, bad in the end zone, when Chris Boswell is kicking a field goal and you could see uh, the, the, the Goodyear tire guy, one time, the next commercial, you see Geico. The next time they kick it, you see State Farm. The next time you see it, you see Primani Brothers. You see Abbott Laboratories. You see, I mean, you know, at a Kansas City game, how much you think they could sell that ad in between the goalposts? I mean, you could sell that for like a zillion dollars because you know Patrick Mahomes is going to be in the end zone <laughs> all the time. So, so you could sell that real estate 
But how about this, Bad? Where, where would the pushback be for you? And I thought about it. And I was like, well, where I would kind of blush would be if they started putting a bunch of ads on the uniforms. You know, they're doing that in the uh, NBA. That's it, I don't even notice when I watch a game. Not that I watch the NBA a whole heck of a lot, but it doesn't bother me. But I really don't want to see that in the NFL. Um, that's... You, you know, uh, to an extent, the Steelers actually do that with the uh, their preseason in, in jerseys. Preseason, not in games, but uh, in training camp, they're they're wearing right. a little logo, the legacy logo. Um, you know, that's that's fine, but I really don't think they're really going to go that far with it. But there's so much real estate in those stadiums where they can possibly do that. So, I mean, I whatever they have to do to keep people safe just do it and it, look and it and it plays and it plays because they could just sell it as a way to keep people safe although it's a creative way to not lose as much money and to mark tobin said what Steeler fan would not love to see troy palomalu's image in the head and shoulders commercial in the end zone while renegade was playing Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. <laughs> Speaking of Renegade, are they going to play Renegade if there's no fans? Yeah. Yeah, they probably will. I mean, why not? Because you uh you know, you still need to have the scoreboard. Right. The, the scoreboard has to be up there. Um just you you have to have the the replays up there just you know, the the uh the players look at the replays. How many times have you seen a player running down the field and looking up to see where they were right on, on the jumbotron? Right. You know, I mean, so that stuff's going to be up there. I mean, for, for plenty of reasons, um, I'm sure that's going to s- still be going throwing renegade to fire up the team. You know, I mean, I'm sure they'll, they'll do stuff like that. If they're going to pipe in, I don't like the idea of piping in fan noise. I don't. Okay. You, but you're, if you, you do, you're a Premier League fan, right? I'm assuming you're watching I, West Ham. I'm a by family, you know. I mean, so really, I don't pay much attention, but okay. when I do, I I mean, I haven't watched one since. Okay, so I've been watching, you know, I've been watching quite a few soccer games. I don't notice that there aren't fans there, and they 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 found like smart noise for the piping in because the noise actually matches the game i don't know how they do it but when like they score goals like if you're not watching the tv and a goal is scored from the sound that you hear you think a goal was scored how they figure it out in the ebb and flow in the game it's fantastic like i don't miss random joe guy with the man city light blue hoodie on i don't even recognize that i'm not watching that guy so my experience of watching english premier football league hasn't really changed much i'm focused on the players and i'm sure they'll be creative enough uh 
with it. But do you think, getting back to the question at the top of the program, with this creative way for the NFL to recoup some of its losses in revenue, is there going to be fans in the stands next year or this year? I originally thought yes, but now I'm kind of leaning to like, I don't know. I think they've kind of figured it out. I just know right now they have a way in which they can wait this out before they make any decision because they can recoup some of the losses. But if, if, if I if I put a gun to your head right now, are there fans in the stands in 2021? Well, there's a gun to my head, so I, I can't do the uh, the Dave Schofield answer. <laughs> but um, I love you, Dave, man. I um, No, what – they're going to fight it all the way to the end. They're going to do their best, but in the end, they're going to have to relent. They're probably going to relent with what's going on. Uh, you know, two months ago, everyone's saying, you know, we just got to get out there and play. Baseball's not really back yet. Um, you know, hockey, they've been talking about hockey. It's not there. Nothing's back yet because we're seeing, like, we're talking Florida, we're talking Texas, California. There's, there's too much to lose and it's just you know as much as you can say that social distancing and masks not everybody is doing what they're supposed to be doing i'm in walmart today people without masks uh, most of the people were there with masks but people are fighting and they're not telling you you can't go in that door they're not saying you you're not coming in people are just walking in without masks so Here's the thing. You just can't, uh, if you don't lock things down, it's not going to be completely taken care of. And and it's going to linger. And there's nothing worse than lingering. So, I mean, we've watched, we talked about Florida, and I'm a big WWE fan. And um, they had WrestleMania this year with no crowd whatsoever. It felt less it, it, it just, it felt less exciting, but they did their best, but they still put on the product and people watched it. Now they're having more and more. One of their main announcers who's married to the champion of AEW, the rival brand owned by uh, Mr. Khan of the Jacksonville Jag Jaguars. Um, she now has COVID she, uh, as of last week. And they're, they're based, uh, they're based in the South and uh, Florida was where they're doing the taping. Um, WWE is bringing some, not fans, but they're bringing employees of their minor leagues in there to put a little bit of a fan and uh, a crowd noise in there and have actual people. But, you know, they're doing what they can, but it's not enough. You know, I mean, it's, uh, it, it's too much, actually, is what I'm saying. It's too much because there's risk and they're spiking. We see what's going on in Florida. So... You know, I mean, whatever they do, they do. I don't think there's going to be fans in the stands this year because I just don't think they can because it's too much of a risk. Um, yeah. They're going to fight it, though. Yeah, I think with the way of being able to monetize the real estate in the stadium, I think there aren't going to be fans in the stands. I'm going to I'm going to go back on what I said earlier. I don't think there's going to be fans in the stands. Yes, I saw that one. Big up, or Dave, please, please go to dinner, Dave. Don't I don't want to be the reason why you get beat up today. 
I, I don't want to be the reason. Nah, but, you don't worry about Dave. Big sexy <laughs> Dave Schofield is gonna have it. He's gonna have it figured Dave. out. Big he sexy. Said, and, and Big Sexy said, as a season ticket holder, if they asked me tomorrow if I'd willingly give up my seats for 2020 and my one dollar or and the money I paid towards, well, I think that was one dollar, and the money I paid towards 21, I take it in a heartbeat. There you I go. It was one dollar. <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was one dollar too, and uh, so there you go. And Dave goes a lot. I mean, Dave is the man in the Kylo Ren mask that you see like seven times a year. If Dave is saying that, I'll guarantee you, other fans are saying it as well. Like, look, just use my money for next year. I'm not going. And a lot of fans are going to, I think, are going to do that and say, "Cool, man, I'll watch it on TV this year." Well, you know what? The One of the main reasons I would love for there to be fans in the stands so Zach Banner could point to Dave and point out the discrepancies in his Kylo Ren mask now that he knows them. <laughs> Boy, and, yes, he, and knew, we know he knew that, his yes, Star Wars, didn't he? Yes, we know that Zach is a big Star Wars fan. You know, I guess, would, would Zach be Chewbacca? Because Chewbacca's the <laughs> biggest character in Star Wars? Zach's a big boy. I mean, Zach's, what, about 6'9", 355, you know, 365 <laughs> after a couple pieces of chicken. I mean, Zach's a big boy, so... Uh, I'm, That's he, our he, next podcast, figuring out which Star Wars characters are Steelers and vice yes, versa. Yes, and and what jersey numbers would they wear? <laughs> Awesome. characters, but let's jump into a, a weekly recap. Do you have some of the stories you want to recap? Yeah, you know what? It's not bad. We we had a great week on BTSC. Um, as as we've mentioned a few times, and we just mentioned here, the Zach Banner interview um, came up. I mean, these interviews come up and they come up quick, and this came up you know right away on a, a Thursday for Friday, and we jumped on it. And it was great to have Zach Banner there. So if you haven't listened to it, go to iTunes, Stitcher, wh- wherever you find, wherever you find podcasts, go ahead and download it. Listen to it in the car. It's great. We also have it up on YouTube as well. But check that out. Lots of really excited about the offensive line a little bit more to see how to see how these guys are competing and their buddies, but they're competing and how they're really focused. So. He his big mention that you know Mike Tomlin we didn't expect him to announce it, but we knew this all along what was going to happen with Filer at guard and here we're doing podcasts and everybody's doing doing uh, articles about who is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> did you bring that up or, or did Dave? Yeah, I just brought that up. <laughs> uh, Switzer is R two D two. That's great. Oh yeah, that's um, great. Thank you, RL seventy five. But you know. Um, they knew already, and we're doing all these speculation articles. They know. I mean, these guys know what's going on because they're they've been preparing for this for a while. So that was really cool to see that article. You want to? It makes me want to see both Chooks and Banner succeed even more. Um, put a great spin on the uh, entire Chris Boswell. Uh, excuse me, not Chris Boswell. The uh, Duck Hodges and uh, Banner banter that goes back and forth as well. And so, big up to not to talk over you. Big up to Donald Nolan. Colbert is Obi Wan. I agree. Colbert is Obi Wan. People people don't get that. Um, would that me? Would that make who's Admiral Akbar then? I don't know who's Admiral Akbar. 
Um, no, no, I'm gonna give it to you. Uh, Tomlin is Lando. Okay. Tomlin is Lando Calrissian. Um, I'm thinking that Colbert is. So if Colbert is Obi Wan, then AR two is Yoda. <laughs> yes, is Yoda. AR AR. He's the grand. Well, he's actually, the grand Jedi. No, you order. know what? Dan Rooney's may rest in peace because remember Yoda's past. Yes, or is but, it the chief? Is the chief Yoda? The chief. I I'm 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 thinking more of Dan. Okay, but okay. but then yeah, then we got to put the chief on it. We'll, we'll have to think about that. Yeah, we'll have to um, think about that. Other shows that we had this week, we talked about. Uh, Tony talked about Matt Filer and uh, his move to guard. And <laughs> Snowman, <laughs> Snowman said, "Banner is job at Hut." I'm sorry, bad. I keep seeing these in the live chat. You guys are great. <laughs> um, Banner. <laughs> <laughs> so t- Tony talked about Filer's uh, move to guard. If that is. Pr- is permanent um that was good following the zach banner interview um you talked about you and jeffrey talked about the minka effect this week as well and what minka means to the steelers i mean that was a great show and i think what jeffrey really kind of emphasized and i think sometimes we as fans we missed is it's it's about fit as well is that you can get you don't have to be necessarily a great player to impact a defense greatly or a position group greatly or a team if the fit is right. But when you get a great fit and a great player, then the impact to a defense or to an offense or to a team can be tremendous. And I think that Minka has shifted the way this team is going to think about itself. And I think Minka Fitzpatrick has just made Ben Roethlisberger a bunch of money because I think Ben Roethlisberger is going to play for the next several seasons uh, because they have a championship defense. And I think he's going to want to take an opportunity to try to win another one. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal each week. You're here is in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. These guys are great in the live chat in terms of the chief (laughs) is the force itself. I think you're right, Ryan. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll go with that. And I I like the... I like the uh, Donald Nolan bringing up uh, Qui-Gon Jinn should be AR2. That's, nice. That's I like good. that. You I know like what? That. This is great. We needed more Qui-Gon Jinn. Probably the best part of episode one, really. Um, yes. Yes. And I think we all agree with this, that Goodell or Belichick is Palpatine. I think so. No. So I- I'm going to clarify this for Dave. So I think Goodell is Palpatine and Belichick is Darth Vader. He's his, uh, his disciple, but maybe it's not Belichick. Maybe it's um, uh, the owner of, um, why am I forgetting the owner of, uh, of the Patriots? Mr. Robert Robin Kraft Tuck himself. Yes. Robert Kraft. Robin <laughs> Mr. We'll Robin, Robin Tuck. <laughs> yes. I think, and he used the force to uh, doing that. Uh, so I, I think Goodell is Palpatine and, uh, 
the owner of the Patriots is uh, Darth Vader. So I'll go with that. But they're definitely Sith. Uh, the, the rule of two. So well, well, then, then who's, you know, I'm a big, just from the very beginning, since I saw the original in 1977 at the theater. Me too. At in, in Johnstown, PA at the Richland Mall Cinemas. And uh, they were called the Duke and Duchess at the time, actually. And uh, so I have seen every single Star Wars movie, including Solo, Row One, um, everyone in the theater. Me too. And first run. So yes, you too. too. So that so that's great. And we're that's one thing about our age that we can yes, we can, we're yes. able to do that. Um so th- that's that's really special. But I've been a Han Solo guy since since day one. That's been my yeah, guy. Like who is Han. our Han Solo? Yes, who is Han Solo? Uh and who's Luke? Oh, maybe Han Solo is Pouncy. Hmm. Maybe Ben is Luke. Because Ben has been tempted by the dark side when he admitted some of his uh, his proclivities in the past that he's that he's uh, you know you know as you as bad as laughing you know Luke was you know tempted by the dark side and so was Ben and so Ben had his issues and proclivities you know the motorcycle Georgia some of the things that he talked about being addicted to in his personal life so I think Luke. I think Ben Roethlisberger is Luke Skywalker. Okay, I got to bring up Zach McClintock here. We're going to talk about another movie here. And it's uh, Lance and Zach Banner had some Pac-12 versus Pac-12 tension going on. It was like the battle scene of Anchorman. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I would love to say that Cal versus USC is really tension, but it really isn't. And that's why Zach likened Cal football to 420, because it's – Cal football, although we produce a lot of pros, our most prominent pro in the football right now is Aaron Rodgers uh, and, and and Jared Goff. Uh, it's still Cal football, and they're USC. I mean, it is what it is. I can't front USC. The history is what it is. Really interesting. Uh, I know it wasn't uh, Steeler-related, but uh, listening to him talk about Sam Darnold, too. Yes. Um, and how he uh, – and made me feel better when he talked about, hey, I've only had, uh, I've only given up uh, three sacks my last year. So, I mean, so, and uh, uh, Sam Darnold saved about two of them with his legs. But and we uh, got to kick, we got to kick Jeff a little bit, the old <laughs> editor of the, uh, of Behind the Steel Curtain. Good thing Jeff is gone. He would have nothing to this Star Wars topic. Oh, yeah. Yet. He, he would have ended the show already. <laughs> yeah. He, he, he would have ended the show absolutely. It's already. just defiance, though. He's, yes. He just doesn't want to now because, yeah, yes. Because I've got a buddy that won't get a cell phone, needs a cell phone, won't get it because he wants to be the guy without the cell phone. So Jeff wants to be the guy that. What is he, how does he communicate? Morse code or something? The guy with no cell. He's. I mean, uh, he does messenger from work and everything, but still, and his wife has a cell phone, so he's, you know, but he just won't get one on his own when he really needs one. Um, but, you know, and this um, last one is great by by Donald Nolan and Admiral Akbar is Randy Feetner. I you know I see is Admiral Akbar really that uh 
He's not that inept, though, is he? <laughs> yes. Akbar was better than Randy. Yeah, because Randy Land, no soda for you, Randy. I mean, he's just... I I just find him to be inept as an offensive coordinator. Probably a fantastic guy, just not my uh, not my cup of tea. Um, other shows that we had this week, Lance, um, no Hall of Fame. We talked about uh, how that's going to affect the Steelers. No Hall of Fame game, and it's not going to ex- affect the Steelers at all, really, no, because no. that that gives them actually a little bit of a break. But that the fact that they did not that they are not going to have this game to me is actually a precursor to our topic with the advertisements and having right. a season. Right. So I think that is just the, uh, uh that's the, uh, the first straw. <laughs> I <laughs> I'm listening to you bad, but the live chat is great. Nathaniel Zarate AB is Anakin Skywalker because he was the chosen one, but turned to the dark side. Yes. Gummy Richards is that guy. Gummy Richards is that guy. And yes. that we have Gummy Richards. Then Gummy Richards went to play last year after for Mr. Robin Tuck. Yes. New England. <laughs> and he did go to the dark side in the, in the black hole to the Raiders as well to Al Davis. So he was really venturing on that side of the force. Really but this, uh, this could be an entire show. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it could be. But before we get out of here, Bad, is there anything you want to tease coming up for your program tomorrow or anything you want to tease in terms of articles coming up on the website? Well, um, coming up tomorrow, it's going to be Tony and myself um, with the Q&A. So bring your questions in. It should be a lively show as always. We're working on uh, we're working on great stuff all the time. I'm working with help from somebody in the live chat on uh Possibly a, another interview this week, if we can make that happen. I've been in some correspondence. Uh, uh, hopefully a current player, if we can get that going. I don't know if it's going to happen, but uh, that's something that to look out for. We might have that announcement as well. Um, also, I'm still doing my uh, my top 25 uniform stables of the Pittsburgh Steelers all time. Number 13 went out today, and it was the number 78, excuse hmm. me, the number 68. Okay. So as the, and now I don't know if you've seen these articles, Lance, but we're, we're counting down the top uniform numbers by volume of player. So we're number seven's not in there because that's basically saying that if seven and 12 were in there, that's basically ranking Bradshaw against Roethlisberger. And that's about what we're trying to do. Just the number of great players to wear number 68 is what we're doing. So um, number 68 right now is number 13. Of course, the great L.C. Greenwood headlines that list. Gold shoes. You have, uh, and you know why you wore the gold shoes, right? Tell me, I don't. So his name was Greenwood. He was on the defensive line with Joe Green. So they would mix him up with tackles. So he'd be laying on the ground and he would lift his legs in the air so the PA announcer could see his gold shoes and know it was him that made the tackle. <laughs> okay. So, that's a great story, dude. He wanted yeah, to get his stats right. What's, yeah, exactly. And that guy, um, the greatest sacker of all time until uh, in Steeler history, and even though they were not 
counted until uh, Gildan and then uh, Debo passed him up. But he has uh, he was an amazing sacker on that team. Everybody thinks about Joe Green being the sack man extraordinaire on that steel curtain. <sighs> Greenwood was the guy too, and in Super Bowl ten. They weren't counted, and it's not a record, but he had four sacks in that game. Unofficial, but he had four sacks, I mean, which was monster. absolutely amazing. He, he's a monster. But before we go, this was a great show. This was absolutely fun. But before we go, we want to put Bad to the test. So Bad said that he could he could name the number one song, was it for any day in the 80s? Any day, the, yeah. the number the number one charted song. So before we get out of here, if you're in the live chat, give us a year. Do you want like a year in a month? How do you want to do that? Give us a date, any date in the eighties. So if we were going 1983, whatever, what's today's date, June 28th. Yes. If you were going June 28th, 1983, it's flash dance. So nice. Donald Nolan wants my favorite year, which is 1984. So here so, we go. Um, oh, Ezra. Ezra Nehemiah, November 15th, 1987. What was the number one song on the charts? November 15th, 1987. If I'm not mistaken, the week ending the 21st. So this is how we're going to go on this. The week ending the 21st of 1987 would have been Moni Moni by Billy Idol. But the week ending, if you look at it and just type in November 15th, the week ending November 14th that ended that week would have been, I think we're alone now by Tiffany. That's like Ariel said, bad is rain, man. Well, because (laughs) I am one of the co-hosts of the program, we're going to end the show on uh, this last date. Because it's my birthday, June 18th. So what was the number one song on June 18th, 1988, when I turned 18? June 18th, 1988. You may have me stuck there. So uh, give me a second. May 28th. Okay, so it was a Saturday. Oh, okay. Wow. It was a Saturday. And... So every number one song hit on a Saturday, and you were Rickrolled. Rick Astley, Together Forever. Wow. I thought it was going to be straight out of Compton. I thought it was going to be NWA. (laughs) I thought it was going to be NWA or something. I hope I was going to have Probably a top album, a top album, but not really the chart success. uh, Man, I was hoping I was going to have something hard, something that was hard hitting. I got Rick Astley. Hey, you know what? I was in London at a Rick Astley concert in April of 2017. And in the middle of that show, it was the Royal Albert Hall. I got the news that Dan Rooney passed away. Ah. And it, it was, I was having so much fun at that concert. And then I read that and my wife was trying to keep the news from me because she wasn't at the concert with me. And uh, she didn't want anybody to tell me everybody was asking her and here it got through. <laughs> Jay, that's terrible. But before we get out of here, I have an idea for your show. Every show that you do bad, you should pick a Steeler birthday 
and just plop it in the 80s. Like if you take some of the Steeler players, if they were born in the 80s or famous Steeler dates in the 80s, and what was the number one chartered song, or just put your knowledge to the test and have a number one charts, what was on the charts, number one Steeler day, something, be creative, put it all together because I can't remember anything and that you can remember what the number one song was on June 18th, 1988 is damn impressive. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate it. One of, one of my favorite things in the world. Um, Cause real quick, I know we're wrapping up, but when I was a kid, Casey Kasem went from 10 to two on Sundays, Steelers one, one to four, basically on Sundays. Um, they played a lot of one o'clock games back then. So the top 10 was on and I had to listen to them while watching the game. And not only was I doing that, I was writing them down and I could just, I didn't really memorize them as much as I could associate them with what was going, what game I was watching and something I always remembered. So the two major people that uh, celebrities that I was dealing with at the time was Casey Kasem and Chuck Knoll. Ah. They died on father's day, 2014, a day apart at the same age of 82. How ironic is that? Same time. The a day apart. Um, no, I'm just, I'm, oh, I'm, I, I don't know about the same time, <laughs> but same age. Wow. And, and that was, that was my eighties. As Ariel said it best before we get off the program, bad is a walking smartphone. <laughs> walking something. But with that listeners, thanks for checking with us, man. Again, the nation, take care of the nation. Let's keep us all safe so we can enjoy the sport that we love. And so if you guys do want to go to games, that you guys can go to games and, and and be there in a safe way. Let's be responsible out there and let the nation take care of the nation. With that, we're going to conclude the program. And as always, tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe.